Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're a first-time listener, hit that subscribe button. If you're a long-time listener and you're not subscribed yet, let me make it easier for you. We put out uh, three interviews a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over at Consequence of Sound. And, uh, and it's an easy way to keep up to date on all of the interviews that come out. Of course, you can subscribe anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can also follow along on YouTube or Spotify if either one of those is your speed. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is CJ Ramon. Yes, formerly of the Ramones. He's got a new solo record out called The Holy Spell. It's a very fun record. He's going to tell me about it, how California means a lot to this one. And we'll get into uh, how it also has a, a tribute to one of the musicians that he's worked with for a long time on previous records. He also talks about retirement a little bit. This might be one of the uh, the last records, maybe. There's definitely going to be less touring, and he'll tell us all about that. We'll also discuss some of his uh, famous fans, like Justin Timberlake and Kanye West. A couple stories involving both of those. And if you've noticed, of course, uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery has been remade and in theaters. And Ramones, of course, had the uh, the title track to that one back in 1989. We're going to talk a little bit about not only that version of the 80s, but the new Starcrawler cover 
as well. There's also some politics involved. Do you know Johnny Ramone was a Republican and CJ himself a former Marine? We'll hear how that tied into the band and what that was like during its time. It's always fun to talk to him. It's Kyle Meredith with CJ Ramone. Let me give you the compliments on the Holy Spell, man. Uh, this is another insanely catchy record that you've done. I mean, the melodies are are so bright and fun, and, and the playing is top-notch. Congrats, man. I appreciate that. I was a little nervous about this one. Only because my I lost my buddy uh, Steve Soto last year. Uh, Steve was the you know guitar play, uh, bass player for the Adolescents mm-hmm. and had been part of every record that I have done. And, and not just a small part either. He was a really big part of everything that I've done. He passed uh, last year. And uh, going into the studio, I was concerned. It was, um, you know, without him around, it really, I was really concerned about, you know, what uh, what it would be like. But I worked with Paul Miner, who um, did my last record and did the last two or three adolescence records either. And we talked at the very beginning and we said, you know, that we had both worked with Steve long enough that we were confident that he'd still be on this record, whether or not he was in the studio with us or not, um, that he would definitely still be represented on there just because of how much we had worked with him and learned from him and everything else. So so I was really, really, really happy with the way it came out. I, I you know, I just don't think I could have done a, you know, a better job on the record. The album ends with a, a tribute to Steve, right? With Rock On? Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. I've had a uh, kind of a, a tribute song on each one of my records, um, you know, starting with uh, On Ray Conquista, starting with Three Angels, and then, uh, of course, on the last one, I had Tommy's Gone, and I had a, a tribute to uh, some, some other friends of mine from the past who had, uh, who had died too early, and, and I was really unsure of whether or not I should do it again on this record. I don't want to become known as the, the you know, the guy who always is doing tributes to dead friends, but Steve was such a big influence on me and, and, and the band in general. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to memorialize all of that and pay a little tribute to him. Yeah. And that song rock on. I mean, I don't think, I don't think I I could have done it or said it any differently. And, and I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that, that I was able to, to put all of that into words and get it on the record. I'm really happy you've done those songs because you can tell how much those songs mean to you and and the fact that we kind of get to take them differently, you know, as as right. sort of out of context and still enjoy the song in itself. I mean, that's a really powerful, powerful thing that you can do with music. Yeah, and, you know, realistically, I, I try not to make it, a, you know, you know, sad and all that. I really have always tried to celebrate the people that, are, that I've been lucky enough to know through this business and, and, and doing music. And that's why I, I, I kind of give it a nice treatment and, a, and try to make it uplifting and look for the positive in it. And that's what I've, uh, you know, that's what I've done with each one of them. That ties back around to the, uh, to the title and everything, right? The Holy Spell. I mean, this is a celebration, as you say. I absolutely. That's exactly. It. And you know, I, I really do consciously try to try to make a lot of what I do, um, and not all of it, but a lot of what I do positive and and put something uplifting in it. That's my that's my whole thing. There's you know plenty of other stuff you can listen at you listen to that that plays the other side of that, but that's always been my angle from the get go. It's a it's a, I mean there, there's a good long fun history of um, 
songs about writing songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Adding yeah. adding to that canon right there. I mean, but but that's I mean, if you're a musician, that's that's what you know. That's that's what you're looking at every day is the song in front of you. Absolutely. And you know, that's I I really think that's part of um a big part of the of the of my songwriting is to write about the everyday stuff. You know, I try to write about the things things that I see every day and the things I feel every day because I can write about that with authority. You know, I can write about that because I know about that. I'm not trying to come up with, you know, something, some, something, you know, uh, some kind of fake anger or something about, you know, monetary stuff so much. I really try to write about the, the nuts and bolts of my world and the things that I see. And I, I just recently read a really great interview with um, Dave Davies where he talked about, um, you know, the kinks in, the, in their early days about them doing the same thing, about writing about the town they lived in and mm-hmm. the people that they knew. And, and it, it really, it, it does make, well, one, it's cathartic, but um, two, it does make writing a lot easier when it's something you're so familiar with that you see every little booger and, and, <laughs> and you know, you see the reality of it. It makes it so much easier to write a song when you see things that way, through the, really through the lens of, you know, the truth of your own world, I guess you'd say. Which, which says everything in there when you have a title like the first thing with Blue Skies. You know, yeah. Talking about positivity. Yeah. How big a role does California play for this record for you? Um, huge. I mean, it's, you know, moving away from everything that you know at my age, <laughs> not, a, not a simple thing. And even though I've always, you know, I, I really, the way I've always explained it is I'm like, I'm a, I'm a pirate. I can pull into any port and, and feel at home because I've traveled for so long and I've, you know, I've spent so much time on the road and, you know, and the West Coast, I mean, go, pre-Ramones, I was stationed out down at, um, uh, at, at uh, Camp Pendleton down in uh, San Diego, the oh, yeah. Oceanside area. So I've I've spent a lot of time out here. I've had friends out here. My kid sister lived out here. I spent time, you know. So while it is a big, big change for me, at the same time, it, it, most of it is positive. I mean, it's I've been to more shows since I've been out here. I've gone out to see more bands than I probably did in the last two years I was in New York. And I'm not talking about going out to see, you know, you know, really big bands, although I have, just going out to see local bands and stuff. The the, the music scene here is uh, up here in the East Bay, at least, and in San Francisco, is just really vital. There's really good stuff going on in it. And it kind of got me re-inspired and, and the uh and of course the weather and the and the and the, the culture and everything out here. It's like it's been very good for my songwriting and my and my inspiration. It really has. It's it's had a bit of big effect. So many people, uh, musicians or, or even not, can get really complacent in their musical listening as they get older, and to, to have that to have that moment there, where, where it, you know, as you're saying, it's an awakening. You know, when you're you know middle aged, I guess you know that's that's um, I guess it's got to be surprising, but that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely went through a little bit of a time period there where I wasn't checking out much new stuff or anything, but I still, you know, pull up stuff as often as I can. And a lot of times I'll use something as simple as um, as YouTube. I'll, I'll put in a, a band name and a video, and I get all these other recommendations for like music. And a lot of times I come up with bands like that or, uh, you know, any of the, uh, the music services where they make recommendations based on what you're listening to. So I always have my ear out for new bands, and it's it's really it's just one of those things. Music never lost its ma- never lost its magic for me. Yeah. It just it never does. I 
I still he- I still hear stuff now that I'm amazed by that that still has magic in it, uh, and it, and it, it it doesn't even have to be like some big you know intricate deep music. Sometimes just some of the pop stuff that I hear is it, I, I love I love the new twists and the new things that people try to do with a formula pretty much that's been around for a long time. Yeah, and that's the um, that's the beauty and the magic of music constantly re you know reinvents itself through you know through other artists i, I hope you don't mind me tying the uh, the present to the past with what we're talking about here but i was curious if you'd uh heard the uh, the star crawler cover of pet cemetery yeah well <laughs> i had not um actually uh I had seen um, somebody else mention that in a, a review. Uh, might, have been, might have been on Instagram, so I immediately went over and listened to it, and I was like, "I love it. It's great. <laughs> I really love it." It's it, like I said, you know, it's just reinventing itself constantly, and 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 Ramon's music in particular, because it's been around for so long, being covered by so many bands, so many different ways. Everything I've heard, everything from you know people doing ukulele versions of. Um, of some of the Ramon stuff to something like Stockholder's uh, version of Pet Cemetery, so it's it's great. It really is. It's the spirit definitely lives on, and you know, far past the life of the band. So yeah. I love it. Of course, that got me. Lit. That's one of my favorite Ramon songs right there. It's you know, I, I yeah. was the perfect age when Pet Cemetery came out. That happened to be the time that you were just coming into the band, right? I mean, that had just been recorded when you came in. Yeah, I I actually got into the band on that tour. Dee Dee left the uh, the band, I guess, about the, the middle of the uh, the tour for, um, for for support for Brain Drain, and that is when I came in. Yeah. Yeah, so celebrating its 30th anniversary right there. I did did yeah. either uh, I don't know the estate, the Ramones estate, or you or Marky. Did you all have anything to do with the the new movie with Pet Cemetery? Did they try to reach out about anything? Nope, I have, um, nobody contacted me. But you know the the Ramones organization um, is. Uh... You know the the corporation really is who who deals with all that stuff. Very rarely, I mean, it would for somebody to reach out to me on it, I would have to direct them to the Ramones organization. But no, I had not been contacted about it. But realistically, I mean, it's it, it's kind of cool that they just went with a a newer, younger band. You know what I mean? I, I like that idea better than if you know they would have been like, hey, you know, how about we recording it? You know, right. just doesn't have the same. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to do it any differently or any better than the Ramones did. But if you take a young band with slightly different influences and and their own take on it, it kind of recreates the song and makes it something different. Absolutely. And that, I think that's a a, a much better uh, a much better choice. Yeah. Speaking of uh, you know artists kind of paying tribute, uh, what was it like seeing? Kanye in in the Ramon shirt because it wasn't just any Ramon shirt like the iconic it was like it was one of the later albums it was one of your records yeah yeah I think he had on a uh, Mondo Bizarro shirt right so here's the thing so the, the Kanye thing I don't I don't know if if if, if he's an actual fan I, I really couldn't tell you whether or not he is you know a lot of people on that level they actually have people who do that for them, pick out the clothes that they wear and everything. But the the one person who I know is a fan who wears our shirt on stage because a good friend of mine, an old friend of mine is working in his camp is Justin Timberlake. Right. So he just came he just came through up here a couple weeks back. I played the Oracle I went to the show. He was wearing the shirt. He was wearing an acid eater shirt. And at the end of the show, actually came over, walked to the edge of the stage where me and my wife were, and, and like pointed at me and 
gave the shirt a tug, and and it, it was like a little cool moment. And I, I, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Justin Timberlake, come on, blah blah, this and that. And you know, to me, it was just one artist kind of like acknowledging another artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to like his music or love the guy or anything. I happen to think he's unbelievably talented, and his show was unreal. But it, to me, it was just one artist giving it, uh, you know, kind of tipping his hat to another artist, and and I really appreciated it. And from what I understand, he really is a Ramones fan. So Kanye, I hope he's a Ramones fan. I really do. But, you know, it's just cool to see people from other genres, you know, step up and, and acknowledge the Ramones. It's the Ramones probably have crossed more barriers in music and, and influenced more people from different types of music than probably any band in history, post Beatles and, and post, the, you know, the 50s stuff. So that's, you know, it's, it's neat. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, at the same time, um, it it really is a um, a little nod to uh, a little nod to the band, about you know on on their influence on the, on the entire music scene. Really, I, I particularly love it that you know we're talking about two '90s Ramones records that that sort of get overlooked a lot of time in the canon. I mean, that's that's great that the attention is specifically coming to those. Well, that that's because you've, you're a couple generations past now, so the kids that that grew up on those records are now people who are in positions that they are putting their own inf- injecting their own influences into what's going on right now so you know whether it be a a, a dj who grew up in the 90s music scene or um you know a youtube guy who grew up in the 90s music scene or even other musicians who grew up and were influenced by the 90s scene now the, all of those people are talking about their you know influences and their memories of the ramones and it comes from that decade so it's um it's it's really it's kind of cyclical and just like now the younger kids like the young younger kids are getting turned on to the very early Ramones records because they heard that they're going backwards now in the Ramones catalog you know they're they're working their way backwards and it's neat it's yeah. it's great to watch. I uh, I have people come to the shows with their children, and I've I've had you know guys in their seventies come up to me and were like, and were like you know I saw the Ramones in nineteen seventy nine in Michigan, and it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. It's it's a it's a it's a classic um, classic tale. Well, I'll flip it back to the Holy Spell. Uh, as I as I heard in one of the recent interviews you did, you, you're talking, you're looking at retirement. You're you're talking about this as a thing at this point. Like maybe one more record, and you might hang hang up the albums. So what I'm gonna, I'm probably just gonna cut way back on touring. As far as records and stuff go, I would love to keep you know doing music here and there. But there's still other things I want to do. There really is. There's other things that I want to do. You know that will take a fair amount of time, and I won't be able to you know dedicate as much time to music but i just don't know that i'll be able to continue touring as i have you know for the last few years it's you know definitely definitely taking a toll on me but there's some stuff i'd like to do there is other stuff i'd like to do i would love to get my captain's license and get a boat i would love to like i would love to just travel the intercoastal waterways up the coast you know uh, go all the way up to you know all the way up the coast and 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 do some weeks on the ocean 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do stuff like that. So I just got it in my head. I was like, well, I can get my captain's license, see if I can get my, you know, put some money together, get a good seagoing vessel, and uh, get a couple of guys together and go out on the on the ocean and go do some fishing and, and you know, spend a couple of weeks out on the ocean. Like, stuff like that. There's still things like that I want to do. And I'm fi- I'll be 54 in October. My, uh, my time for being able to really do physically demanding stuff is, is getting shorter and and so i would like to re- uh, you know i really would like to do some things like that while i while i'm still capable of doing it uh, i I, probably, I can't say that i'll i'll never put out another record i can't say that you'll never see me at another show i you know not anything like that but i can say that touring has really started to take a physical toll on me and and i need to kind of I just need to kind of, you know, tighten up the way I'm doing things and and spend a little more time taking care of myself. No, can't can't knock that at all. Not at all. It sounds like yeah. a beautiful time. The 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 boating and everything that ties back. I mean, you were you were a Marine Corps? Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, I was in the Marines. Yep. Yeah, so that ties all the way back to that. It's interesting when I look back at that, and, and you know, a quick take on this, if you don't mind, because at that sure. time, here, you know, one of punk rock's biggest bands, and when you join the Ramones, you've come from the Marines. Uh, Johnny, uh, known for being a conservative, which is two things that we don't think about when you think about early <laughs> punk rock. Did you, yeah. one, did you ever get any, I don't know, flack against that? And two, do you think that offered you all a different perspective than, than maybe the rest of the, uh, the acts? You know, the, the thing about, about the, the politics within the Ramones is you had Johnny who was right wing and you had Joey who was like far left of the left. I've always kind of been, I've always been a centrist, mm-hmm. always. I've never been, I never, um, I can't vote in the primaries because I'm, I'm registered as an independent. So when I came into the band, it was, I could see it wasn't going to be a juggling act, you know what I mean? So I had to uh, uh, really kind of walk the line with, with Johnny and Joey because they would each get upset at me if I talked to the other one too much or if if I if I sided with one over the other on a particular political view or or something like that. So, but at the same time, I couldn't back down and just cave in and be like, okay, you're right. You know what I mean? Like I had to stand up for myself, but I, I had to be careful about how exactly I, I did things and voiced my opinions, but I always did. You know, I, I went at it with Johnny over several things and I went at it with Joey over several things over the years. But we we always respected you know each other. There was never any animosity over it, or or even anger. I mean, frustration over how you know sometimes. Um, how can you think that? You know, how could you possibly think that's great? But yes, yeah, so there was that. But uh, I did. I have gotten some people have questioned me like, how you know, how could you consider yourself a punk if you were in the Marine Corps? You know, how can how can you consider yourself like? A punk. So, you know, the thing I always try to explain to everybody, punk originally was not a movement about, um, about uh, you know, you had to be uh, a left, super left wing uh, politically or anything like that. There was no real politics involved in punk, at least the punk where I came from, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the punk from New York City. It was about doing it your own way. That's what it was about. It was about doing it your own way. And politics were all, you know, were a part of of the punk scene in in Europe and definitely in California, but New York not so much. It wasn't. It really wasn't that politically charged. 
So you had really hardcore conservative people in punk bands, Johnny, and then you had super duper left wing punk bands uh, too. And and there was, I mean, you could name a whole slew of them from the eighties and whatnot. But from those original bands, politics really didn't enter, you know, into what they did musically. You know, it was never really a part of it, but it did eventually become part of it. Of course, you know, Dee Dee even wrote Bonzo Goose to Bitburg and, 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 you know, had a, had a couple of songs, you know, where he gave his political opinion. But for the most part, uh, the Ramones kept politics out of their music because it wasn't about it wasn't about politics. It was about entertainment and showing people a good time and having fun and enjoying yourself. And um, that's, you know. It's been it has been an issue a couple of times when people have, have questioned me on it. But like I said, I was always an independent. Yeah. I was always an independent. I'm not a party guy. I'm not a party line guy. Well, I've always uh, been an independent singer, and that's and that's how I've I've lived my entire life. Yeah, the uh, as the Ramones have influenced musicians, as you said, uh, you know, as much as the Beatles, uh, even since the Beatles, it, it should be worth noting at this point from the things that you've just said that the Ramones should also be a template as to as to how we get along uh, within our country in a divisive time, anyway. Because uh, yeah, you know, if you can have uh, the three of you all, the you know, especially those two with you in the middle there, there's no reason why anybody else can't pull that off. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's the you know that's what. I, I mean, to me anyway, part of the problem with politics is centrists have really been pushed to the side or or buried under. Um, if you are not goose-stepping with the rest of your party with their views, they minimize your role or they just completely take you out of the equation completely. And that's what's missing in our politics. Anybody who does not, you know, is not, you know, marching with the with, with their party is is really being minimized and pushed to the side and, and that's you know that's a problem well i don't want to end on that note right there so i'm going to come back uh, to the music for just a second <laughs> uh, to the year because uh, aside from the holy spell are, are you doing more with uh, with me first in the gimme gimmies is that yeah i'm actually um i'm going to be really busy coming up here so may 30th to june 10th we're doing a little West Coast run from Vancouver down to San Diego and all points in between. And then um, we have uh, – uh, I have a couple of days off. I jump on a plane to Europe with me first in the Gimme Gimmies. We're gonna, I'm going to tour with them for uh, a couple of weeks over there. When that tour ends, my band's going to fly in. We're going to meet up in Brussels, rehearse for a couple of days, and then we get on our European tour. Um, we fly from Europe back home to uh, the States, but we're going to land in New York and then work our way back west. Wow. So my, my – <laughs> and I'm try, so I'm trying to fit as much touring as, as I can this year. And then um, by next year, hopefully, I'll be, uh, I'll be taking it a little bit easier. I'm getting to um, – I'm going to try to get to every place I've ever been um, on this tour for the Holy Spell and uh, give everybody a, um opportunity to come out and see me. And then, um, who knows, I might I might just decide to do a, an acoustic thing and throw my guitar in my car and play in people's living rooms for a year or something. I don't know, but I definitely got to – I got to try, try out some different stuff, some things I haven't done before, and, and – uh, just keep going. Yeah, I'm excited for you, CJ. I really am. And, and again, I can't say enough good things about this record, The Holy Spell. I'm having so much fun with that. So Great. thank I'm you for yeah. Thank you for the music. Thank you for the conversation today. And uh, and we'll catch you next time down the road, wherever that is. All right, sounds good. All right, man. Take care. You too. CJ Ramon talking about his newest solo record called The Holy Spell.
Now, he and I caught up a, a couple years ago during uh, the promoting of his last record, his previous record, American Beauty, back in 2017. Thought I would include that one in here just for fun as well. So enjoy this one. It's part two of Kyle Meredith with C.J. Ramon. First off, huge compliments. Uh, I can't stop listening to American Beauty, man. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it's a, that. It's a really, really great record. And and uh, I'm going to do the stretch here, and, and I want to preface it by saying I know this is your own creation, but as far as with the name Ramon on it, it's one of the best albums that anybody in this camp has put out, and I sincerely mean that. Thanks. I I, I appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, that's always the... Um... Kind of the uh, the double-edged sword of having been in the Ramones is anything you do, of course, is going to be compared to everything else that's ever come out with the Ramon name on it. And considering, you know, the Ramones are arguably one of the, the, the greatest bands of all time, that really kind of puts the pressure on it, on you. But my approach to it has always been, you know, been the same i mean and this includes from when i took over for dd all the way up to now is i've never tried to compete with or or you know try to be something that i'm not i've always just tried to be the best of what what i do the best of what i can do Mm -hmm. and um and that's what i've tried to put out there and i'm you know i've done it without any (laughs) really without any big hoopla or anything else i've just tried to write the best songs that i possibly can and put on the best shows that i can and that's how i've uh, i've approached it and it's taken me some time to kind of find my way back out of being after being away from music for a while but it seems like just now at 51 years old i'm trying i'm starting to hit my stride <laughs> better late than never though right yeah absolutely yeah. and and i am a classic example of a pick a direction or you know what I mean or or decide what you want to do and go for it and just don't stop until you're finished and <laughs> and it really seems to have paid off this time like I said it is a fantastic record um thanks while we're talking about this part though and and I want to get into the album itself but you know as you just mentioned it's there's always that comparison there you know having that yep. uh, that name in there on the other side of it, and especially with the way the album kicks off with Let's Go, I mean, do you find it as any kind of uh, weight or or something that you have to do to carry that torch with whatever expectations are out there? You know, the, the only thing I have to do is 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 make it worthy of, of the name, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I necessarily have to play Ramon-sounding music. It doesn't, you know, necessarily mean that I have to have the right haircut and wear the leather jacket and all that stuff. All of that stuff to me is just surface kind of not really important stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the one thing that is important and the one thing I take most seriously is that what I put out is worthy of the name. Right. That's the only thing I'm concerned with. Of course, I've had people say, you know, are you trying to write stuff that sounds like the Ramones? Are you trying, you know, consciously to carry on that song, you know, that uh, sound and everything else? And I can honestly say that I am not. I'm really not. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I was a huge fan from when I was 13 all the way up until I got to the band um, and then spent seven years touring the world with the band and playing their entire catalog just about – I can't help but be influenced. There's no, you know, there's no way around it. Anything else that I do, I would be trying not to be myself. 
So when I write songs, I really do sit down and just try to write good songs. Yeah. I really do. I just my my only my only goal is to put the best stuff that I possibly can. Because it, you know, if you if you think about it, once you put something out, you can't take it back. If it sucks, it sucks forever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just how it is. So my only goal is to really do the write the best songs that I possibly can. And I feel like, you know, from Bad Chopper, you know, well, even going back to like Los Gusanos, Los Gusanos was more experimental. It was, I had never played guitar before. I was, you know, I wasn't as um, focused on, on writing good songs. It really was kind of experimental and me just trying to like stretch my, stretch my wings a little bit. But from, from Bad Chopper on, I, I, in, in my own opinion, looking at my own stuff critically, I can see the my albums getting better from from Bad Chopper to Ray Conquista to Last Chance to Dance to to now on, on this record. And I know everyone says, "Oh, this is my greatest record ever." Every time they put out a new record, but if if I look at if I take a step back and look at what I've put out objectively, I can see the maturation process there. I can. I can hear the songs getting better. I can hear my melodies becoming more refined. I can I can hear the the song structures tightening up some. And it's and it's not that I've sat down and I said, okay, I'm I have to do this on this one. I just naturally am getting better at it the longer I do it. Yeah. And it's um I, I'm really really enjoying myself right now. Like I said, I feel like I'm I'm really starting to hit my stride as a songwriter, even as a singer. I've 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 gotten a lot better um, over the last, you know, since 2008 when I first started to come back again. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. I really am. And I can hear all of that. You're talking about learning guitar, you know, just a few years ago. These songs here, uh, when you're writing them, did they start on the guitar or do you still start with the bass or something? Pretty much everything I write starts on acoustic. Mm-hmm. I have a thing of, um, of, of if it sounds good on acoustic, it's going to sound good on electric. Right. And the songs that I write... On, on this album in particular, there's one song that I wrote um, uh, for Tommy Ramon called Tommy's Gone that I knew when I was writing it that it was going to be an acoustic song. I knew immediately it, would, it, could, it wouldn't have the power and impact if I played it electric, and, um, which was, you know, for me, that song is a real stretch for, um, for me to put on a record considering I've never done anything even close to that before. But I write everything on acoustic, um, and if it sounds good on acoustic, I know it's going to be ripping on, on um, you know, when it's played uh, mm-hmm. with electric and, and with the full band. And that line, <clears throat> man, I mean, about watching the others go and Tommy's gone, I mean, that's a heavy line right there. Yeah, that's, um, like I said before, you know, um, this album, I, I really feel like I, I made a big leap. Mm-hmm. This album, I think... You know, after my my career's done, and 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 you look at the catalog, this album will probably be remembered for the album where I kind of stepped to the next level, kind of. And I know I know that's such a cliched saying, but no, but it's true. I, mean, I, I can hear that. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And like I said, we were yep. talking about all the different sounds on this. You know, from from those opening, you know, three really in your face songs right in a row, and then you get to before the lights go out. Right, and it's like you're veering <clears throat> in towards like Everly Brothers style country song. I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's such a lovely well, track. I've always been a music fan. I was raised a music fan, not a genre fan. Not you know, uh, you know. I was. I never really considered myself. I'm a metalhead or I'm a punk. I've always been a music fan, 
And I'm lucky enough that my mom and dad, when I was a kid, listened to a lot of country. But I mean, they listened to everything from country to even to like 40, 30s and 40s, like swing music. Um, they listened to, um, you know, all the classic rock stuff. Uh, you know, I came up in a very musically mixed environment. And the the beautiful thing, uh, the, the one thing I really like the most about this record is without thinking about it, without planning it, I'm hearing influences in what I'm doing that really, really after I sat down and listened to the record, just really surprised me a lot. And um, Before the Lights Go Out is definitely one of those songs. It's it's a uh, it, it really the the melody line to it and even the lyrics. I was really kind of I impressed myself. I was really proud of uh, proud of that song in particular. That's one of the ones I really feel like I kind of I'm stepping outside of the the uh, you know the 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 usual box that you find yourself in when you're when you're writing music. Most people have a musical style, you know what I mean? Like they write it, sure. you know, one one type of way, but it does tend to change over the years. You know what I mean? It does tend to change. Otherwise, unless you're the Ramones, of course. Otherwise, you uh, <laughs> you you run out of of ways to to say what you want to say, and when you keep going to the same formula and it becomes formulaic, it gets boring. But uh, but you know that's the one thing like songs like Before the Lights Go Out um, is keeping me from doing. It's keeping me from becoming boxed in and and um, a, you know kind of a slave to the to the Ramon sound. Mm. And um, I enjoy those songs probably the most. Yeah, I can tell you, I've walked around singing that without the music playing all week long. So it's it's the That's perfect great. song right there. You really have outdone yourself, and and I, and I have had to wrap it up here on my end. But I'll go ahead and say, and the cover, uh, the Tom Waits cover on there is so good. It's great to see that you know circle coming back around again with uh, yeah the mutual yep. love. Well, there. I was I was the one who who suggested. Um, I don't want to grow up for uh, Adios Amigos. And, um, you know, I've always been a big Tom Waits fan. We recorded that song. It sounded like a great standard punk rock song, but I was not going to put it on the record because I didn't feel like it had, it didn't do anything more than just kind of cover the song. But um, then I got the idea for the mariachi horn section and got in touch with the guys from Mariachi El Bronx, and it really made the song. Yeah, yeah we have yep. some Louisville ties there so with those guys, so I was really happy to see them. Cool. At all. So, CJ, you've really, you've done, this is, as, so far, this is your masterpiece. And if you're only getting thank better you. from here, then there's going to be more, and I can't wait to hear it. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time today, and we'll see you around. Thanks a lot. Right, take, take care. care. Bye. CJ Ramon from a 2017 interview talking about his uh, record, American Beauty. And again, he's got the new one out called The Holy Spell. A big thanks to CJ for the talk today. Hey, before you get out of here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from right now. Of course, the podcast, you can get it to iTunes and Apple Podcasts. And if you happen upon it right there, give us a rating. Leave a review as well. It really does help out the, uh, the series so much. And after that, you can head to WFPK.org, where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You can also find some bonus episodes of this series. Consequence of Sound.net, they've got your music and film news. Of course, you can find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, and Facebook slash Kyle Meredith. Does it for another edition. Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.